Welcome to Hollywood, baby. This is the place where the lights shine bright. And people come from all over the world to live out their dreams. But that's not what this show's about. You see, we believe we are all on a journey of healing. It starts with understanding your experience as a perspective. It understands that the only two perspectives are love and fear. And it constantly chooses love. Sometimes it's pretty. Sometimes it's gritty. But the journey always continues. This is Healing in Hollywood. So we're coming back into this because I stopped the podcast uh, because this is new for us. And so (laughs) in my mind, I'm kind of self-editing a little bit and saying like, oh, my gosh, we can go on and on and on and on about this. And we just and in my mind, you have a good job with a good check and we can edit, uh, get somebody to edit it because I don't want to stop what we have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. um, So, okay, so. You were talking, what really resonated with me from what you said in terms of understanding God is that you understand God most when you are, you gave the example of speaking with someone and you start telling them the things that you see for them. And, um, you know, uh, you, you really went into that and seeing the highest, you know, the, the, the best thing for them. And these are my words now interpreting right. your experience, but uh, seeing things at their highest and seeing people in their best selves. And I really feel like, as you were saying, I was like, that's God. Like, that's literally how he sees us all the time. All the time, he sees us at our best, at the height of what it could be. He doesn't see the getting there. He doesn't see the journey there. He just sees, nope, I know what I created. I created it perfect, flawless. Nothing you can do to mess it up. You might be confused. You might be in a place, a space where you're not clear, but I'm very clear exactly who you are. And so I'm going to speak to that part of you. I'm going to speak to you like that. And you, and when I say he's going to speak to you, he uses a vessel like you who has made yourself willing and available in your gift in order to give that to someone. Because I, I learned what I understand about God now as well is that on this earth, he can't work outside of people. Mm. So there is no way to understand God's love except for your encounter with a human being. Mm. because that's that's the fullest of extent of uh everything's relational so it's like in order to understand love you have to have something to relate to it if that makes sense and so even when i talk about unconditional love unconditional love doesn't mean anything if there is not a being to practice that on if there is not a, a reference point of of love you know i i think about um, my mom, for example, and I think about how much my mom loves me. And so that's probably in, you know, in my life, in a physical being, that's probably the one of the closest uh, things of what unconditional love feels like. So from that reference point, I try to understand and can understand in some ways uh, unconditional love that even exists beyond that. Mm, that's good. I think you that I would when you said your mom. I tried to think, and I think for me, it's my grandmother. Mm. When you talk about that, I I hear exactly what you're saying. That's the closest thing in a human form, mm-hmm. very clear. But that's the closest thing to to my physical understanding of what anybody could unconditionally love me like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. It's interesting. I always think about probably the moment 
the biggest thing I think that I thought was unlovable about me specifically in relation to my mom was my sexuality. And so when at 26, I decided to formally come out to my mom. Um, and I remember saying my truth, right? Mm. And in that moment, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I broke out in tears. <laughs> and one, I mean, I could just unpack the layers of that about the release of truth. Um, but the release of truth is really where we are able to, I think, experience the most opportunity of love because mm -hmm. love doesn't become unconditional until there's a condition by which it could separate you from that love. And when you come to the, the wall of that truth here, you get a chance to experience whether or not this is really unconditional love. And so, and it also means, sorry, it no. also means that you have to continually choose and practice unconditional love. Absolutely. Whereas it can't be this thing you think you decided to be for someone or give to someone mm -hmm. and you can sit it on a shelf and now that's what you chose. So you don't have to choose it anymore. Like yeah. you said, it's it has to be met with conditions that are chosen. You choose past the condition. Oh, absolutely. Like it means to, saying unconditional love means nothing until you're met with conditions. Yeah, and that's a <laughs> continual thing. Always. It's funny. I'm just I'm pointing that out because I when I hear it or when you say that, it's different from when I hear it. When I say or hear unconditional love, it never sounds like an action thing mm. or something that's consistent. <laughs> it sounds like a decision. Yeah versus the idea of yeah no it's it's just based on until there's a condition <laughs> in which you have to to choose and you continually choose love yeah and i think there is something in most parents or grandparents and something that says there is nothing that could ever make me stop loving you and that i do believe it's a decision but it's a heart decision and it's a decision that knows that I believe anticipates that there might thing, may be things that I do mm -hmm. not like, mm -hmm. but are very clear that I've decided yeah. that I will be a unmovable wall of love in your life. Oh, yeah, that's good. And what is so, I think what's so freeing about that is that's actually the freest you can ever be. And this is, this is, you know, in understanding God, I think about the verse that says, where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. And so when I think about freedom, I think about the fact that like when you choose, you choose to open up your heart and to love someone unconditionally, that is the freest you will ever be. Because now you, your love is not conditioned by circumstance. Yeah, so it's almost like you don't have to worry about deciding. Yeah. It's like, okay, decision made up. Now, I can respond. I can engage. I, I, there's a lot of things, but what's not going to stop is my love. You know, like that's that's a decision. But and all I, that to say is that when my mom, you know, when I bust out in those tears and my mom held me uh, as I cried like a baby at 26 years old because I was in my truth and my mother met my truth with love it was when I, it was probably the closest, one of the closest experience I had to what I could imagine God's love for me really feels like. That 
always he has surrounded me in that type of embrace that I don't always get to experience physically, but in those moments, and I believe you can you can experience this in a lot of different ways, but in that moment, I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, to think that God loves me more than this moment, more than the way this feels, me laying in my mom's arms as I'm laying in my truth, <laughs> you know, um, that I thought she may not agree with, and that even as she talked parts of it, she did not agree with, but that still the fact that she embraced me with love, I think that to think of a God that thinks that way and feels that way, if that compassion is in my mom's heart, I know that it comes from a source from somewhere because she can't be that of herself. And so that's fascinating to me about God. I love that. And and when I think about when I think about understanding love, I think the the thing that that I question is how do you unconditionally love someone that you're not related to i think i've for so long only extended unconditional love to people that i was related to um because one it sounds heavy it sounds like a thing (laughs) to love all these people past a bunch of this stuff i don't know how you know with the people um but then because i think there's also so many different types of love or at least ways that you show it i don't know how to explain it but it's just kind of like the difference obviously between the love you can have for a friend or the love you can have for a romantic partner right but thinking about them both being unconditional um yeah i think they're similar i actually think they're all the same i think we condition it by the relationship oh so those are the conditions I believe those are the conditions. The titles are the conditions. Yeah, I believe that we say uh, it is safer to love you if I'm related to you than to if you are in the friend condition position, if you are in the romantic partner condition position. I think you can choose even with the romantic partner or even with the friend to love unconditionally because again, and this is my understanding now of love, is that our natural state is love. What causes us not to love is fear. And so when I remove the fear, the only thing that can exist is the love. So when I understand that, that means that I can have a love, unconditional love relationship with everyone around me. And it starts to make me ask the question is, what are my walls of fear? What are the fear, what are the fears that go up when I attempt to love? And I think the difference is, too, is that you can have unconditional love for someone and still choose to demonstrate or set a standard for how they treat you. That's very different than loving them. Unconditional love, I see, is a a heart posture towards someone. It does not have to do with uh, it does not mean you accept everything from that person. Um but that doesn't mean that you can still you can give someone unconditional love without unconditional uh, treatment of or abuse is what I say without abuse, abuse of that love. And that's relative to each person. Hmm. And, I, you know, for example, I'll, I'll use the unconditional love example is that I believe I am capable of providing you with unconditional love. I believe I have an unconditional love for you. However, I'm very clear that 
our time in our friendship has been about removing the walls I have that what make me want to protect what that even means. And a lot of times, too, I think it's because when you love with expectation, meaning you're loving for something in return, mm. I think that's when you start guarding because it's like, well, what, what, what if this is not reciprocated? And what does it mean to, to give the in, a fear, 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 fear? Now mm -hmm. I hear alarm, fear, fear, alarm, fear, alarm, right. you know? And so being clear that like, I can choose that I'm going to love you unconditionally right now, decide just so you're aware, let's put it on the table. I love you unconditionally. So whatever you do does not mean I'll stop loving you. Now, where do we go from here? Right. Yeah. And me and, and it, it's again, it's it's a it's me in control. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. I mean, that brings up so many questions for me. Like my first last thought when you said that was, do people ever think do does is love a thing that people are actually looking for? Or is that something that people think that they want? Because. I, yeah, I because do. because. In my logical brain. What can you like and maybe this is going off, but it's like what can like I agree, I feel the same way, and it's almost at the same time like um it's like this understanding of i think I think for me, kind of like what you said. My thought is that, yeah, I, too, love you unconditionally. I, I can't think of a condition at this point. And I think that speaks more to what I'm thinking about, about the continual decision and deciding of it. Yeah. Um, I want you to almost talk about heart posture more mm -hmm. because that helps make this a little more tangible. It yeah. helps make it a little more, you know, how to, how you can really be, how you can really know you're you are doing that or or you know what I mean? Um Yeah. How striving being, for that or being unconditional in your love to somebody else. Well I think when you said heart posture, yeah. what what does that mean? What do you mean when you say that? Well I actually want to back up a little bit more just to talk about love for a second because in my understanding of love as I understand it now, there's really only two prime uh states of being, love or fear. Okay. Period dot com. Uh, I simplify it that way because before I used to say I, I, I could give you 50 different words that all map back up to fear and I can give you 50 different words that all map back up to love. So I like to reduce things to the common, most common denominator in my life. You know, when you think about uh, uh, stress, fear, mm. uh, when you think about pain, fear, mm. when you think about joy, love when you think about um you know any word and so i think being clear that that there's only love or fear i think allows me to then say okay what am i experiencing when i'm not experiencing love or what are the things that cause me not to experience love and specifically the best way that I feel like you can control your experience of love, like you can't walk around making people love you. That's the first, and that's what we first think, mm -hmm. right? We first think that the source of love is outside of us. So we walk around trying to prove ourselves to people to seem worthy of love. Um, 
because to that point, I do think it is this innate longing in us for love. But I think through the, that's what it is. Yeah, it's innate. It's innate. It's almost like you can't because as you talk, I'm sitting here trying to make sense of it. And I'm like, did I ever really want somebody to love me? Am I ever seeking love or am I just really wanting to be like, do I just want people to like me, like enjoy me? But to your point, outside of this idea of how to control or thinking you can make somebody love you, it is an innate thing. And so in the same way that you can't really seek it in a tangible sense, it's innate by which people can't, you can't make somebody love you. Yeah. And even when we say the word like, I think that's just our way of protecting our hearts from really saying we're seeking love. Yeah. And it's a physical, I think, term too. Yeah. Because it's like is akin to something. You like something. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say personality and all these other things. Yeah. But like is, is, it feels more physical. Yeah. I mean, and I think like is on the road to love, but mm -hmm. I think it's yeah, like, certainly. you know, it's in the direction of, right? Yeah. Like, again, because there's either love or fear. Because, it's only one yeah. way you're going on the spectrum. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, yeah, it is that. So I say all that to say is that um, I think what I've learned is that in order to really experience love continually, which I think is what we were designed to do, I believe it was designed in a way that like, you have to find a source of internal love. And I think the source of internal love is God, creator, source, who created you in love so that that love can flow through you. I think the biggest mistake we make with love is that we are, we become so external focused that we lose sight of the f power, the, the, the fact that it, 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 um, it illuminates from us. It starts with us. Um, we are the, the, the source of love is from within us trying to correct the world. It's funny. Cause even as I think about the world right now, and it's like, it's very clear to me that we're blaming everyone else, but without wanting to look inside our hearts and saying, where am I being, conditional in my love where am i choosing fear over love like to be outraged is fear it's not love hmm. there is a loving perspective that subsides rage in the moment of rage there is a fear that things won't change so i must be lot about it i must make noise about it um and there's no judgment on that right like mm -hmm. because that's the thing too is like then there's the judgments we put on it love or fear if, if you don't put judgments on it on things it, you're just having an experience i'm either having a love experience or a fear experience i'm either loving or i'm walking in fear um no judgment god's love for me is unconditional however if i want to see other things manifest in my life, I can choose a heart posture of love. Heart posture. Yeah. And I say, and I say, when I say a heart posture, meaning because you can't experience and you can't get to this place from your head. Um, it's the head is not the source of love. Um, I don't feel, um, I feel like when you put it in your head, it, it gets your thinking it gets mind. You're trying to understand it. 
this is kind of beyond understanding. This is a peace beyond understanding. It's a love beyond understanding. And so when I say a heart posture, meaning it has to sink into this place in you that illuminates love, that receives love, that is love, that very thing that you're trying to protect, you have to use that thing and decide that like, I'm going to release it. And two things. I think one, that's why it has to be simplified to love or fear. Because kind of like what you said in your head, you kind of want to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. And it has to be understood. And as it goes to your heart, which is where you, it, it, where you have to have it, it has to be either or. Just as kind of this place where it doesn't all make sense and you're not supposed to understand it. But you know very clearly, clearly it is or isn't fear. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I think that. But then the other side I was going to say was it's also about, like you said, tapping into some internal source. So talk about when people don't have it, aren't nourishing it. It's not readily available, making makes it harder to uh, receive it or tap into it or see it or get it. Does that make sense? Yeah. You said talk about that. Yeah. Because I think you can talk about it from a place because you know you've learned how to nurture it and I'm, understand. and I'm nurturing yeah, it, yeah, and I'm learning it, yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean. But I, I think from a, another place, people don't even realize, like, oh yeah, that's something that you have to nurture or tap into, and that's where you know everything from prayer to meditation to reading to cons- what you consume, mm-hmm. all that takes into account what you're able to tap into, right? Yeah. It's interesting. You want to know, um, I think the way this universe has been designed is that everything works together to get us to love. And sometimes people only discover love through pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know again, without putting judgment on it, because I think one thing we do as humans is we look at something, we say, no one should ever have to go through that. Mm -hmm. And my heart says that as well. But again, my, if I take it out of my mind, I realize that there are some people that only learn in their experience through great pain. Mm -hmm or great discomfort, or great, you know, whatever, that contrast of not. And so I feel like everything in your life is working towards you coming to this understanding of this love, because I believe it's everyone's natural state. Um, again, not in my mind, but in my in my heart. I, I know that's everyone's natural state. So much so that I believe, I kind of look at it like Cyclops. I know this is so weird, but I want to give this example. It's like, Cyclops eye, like if he's not wearing his goggles, they're always shooting out a beam. When he puts on his goggles, it protects. It holds the beam in. And so when he gets ready to release it, he lifts up the the the, the lens on the goggles, mm-hmm. you know? And so I kind of think about that like your heart. Like I think that our hearts are always shooting beams, but most of us have put up this wall of fear. And so when we learn what those walls are and we drop those, I think we're all emanating the same thing. Mm. Um, so That's good. I think your experiences for some of us who, you know, when people talk about a hardened heart, I think your experiences, certain people learn to soften their heart almost from like 
extreme opposite. Mm -hmm. You know, like something hard has to crack that in order for them to be open to choosing a different experience, choosing another way. Um, I love, you know, I, even with, uh, I think some people, for example, uh, you know, uh, I'm using this as an example and I don't know this to be his experience, but when I think about Diddy, um, and, and how he's really, I love this love movement that he's on. And I think about, this is a person who f has had wealth and money and all these things. And he's also had hardship and pain. And I feel like those things have softened his heart into where he now understands it's all about love. And that's why he's such an ambassador for it now, why he talks about it in that way and like, call me love. And I sign my emails with love. And you know what I mean? It's all about love. I think, I think, Sometimes people hit a block. It's like, okay, I've had it all. I've had everything that I think I could want. And I realized like there has to be something even greater than this, even greater than wealth, even greater than money. And I believe that is what we all were created in and our vessels of. And that's love. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Healing in Hollywood. Please like, subscribe, share an episode with your friends. We appreciate you guys supporting this podcast and could not do this without your support. Thank you so much. And until next time, may we remain in love.